this is back to that whole small business versus startup mentality, right? I, I, I am positive that there's people that are listening to this right now saying, why don't you go borrow $5 million and add 50 people, right? I will bet you a dollar that I could do that and that I could make them profitable and I could make, you know, this $100 million business in a very short order. But that's not who we are, right? I don't want to go be leveraged. I don't want, if the economy crashes, I have to fire those 50 people. Directing the life of a business is very often a reflection of the people that we are. Now, what you just heard was the ethos of Shane Young, a founder of several businesses over the years, on the growth of his current business. Now, as we continue our founder series, we'll learn that several of Shane's companies that he started were predicated on one simple notion, that if you get stuck with this specific tech, we'll just give them a call and they'll fix it for you on the spot. And from there, an entire multi-million dollar set of businesses were formed. Now, while this episode is playing, it's the perfect time to hit subscribe to the Cloud Talk recording on your podcasting app. That way, you'll always have the current weekly episode ready to go. All right, without further ado, here's this week's episode of Cloud Talk. Welcome to Cloud Talk. Here's your host, Jeff Diverter. Well, welcome to the first recording that includes video of Cloud Talk. Now, today's guest is somebody that I've known for, I guess I met back in around 2006. So you can say that I've known him for a little while. And um, and we've had an interesting friendship and business relationship over the many years. And I'm going to tell you a story about him. You see, we used to play a game when we would have conference calls when we worked together. And a lot of times we'd be on with folks who might have been just a little bit too wordy. And so we would text each other in the background, our instant message, and say, uh, and we'd throw just the strangest words at each other, one word or a phrase, and the other one would have to work that into the conference call. And it was a lot of fun. And that was done with my good friend, Shane Young. Shane, welcome to Cloud Talk. Oh, well, thank you, Jeff. And thank you for that fun game. Are you going to text me during the show here and maybe work in some words? I thought about it, but I'm nervous enough having video going at this point. So we're just, we're just going to go with this. Fair enough. Yeah, that was, and you know, I guess people should understand, right? Not, we did that internal calls, which is one level of you get caught, but we did it on customer calls too, because, because we just sometimes there was too many, you know, you joined that conference call with 27 people on all who've got to line up and do things. And then, you know, we, we, we had some fun. We did have some fun. And, you know, in this land of now it's all teams and all Zooms, you've, gosh, you have to do it if you're going to keep your sanity. Yeah, I haven't seen a person in real life in a long time. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, my favorite phrase, by the way, or word that I, that you threw at me was Kardashian. I had to work it in in a business context, and I did it. So yeah, it's pretty that, exciting. That was before the Kardashians were a uh, were a big deal. So you know, exactly, exactly. We, we, we were trailblazers. <laughs> so we met, I think, the first time back around two thousand and six uh, at the SharePoint conference that year, where. It was in Seattle, but I don't remember what year it was. And this was back at a time when we went to conferences, back when you wrote books. And boy, you loved writing your books. Uh, and uh, and so that's really where it started, back when my world was all about SharePoint. Um, but ultimately, I made a transition from where I was working at the time, went over to work at Rackspace and was was launching an offering there. And and uh, and there was one guy who came to mind. I thought, you know, I should, I, should, I should reach out to Shane, see if he wants to come down to San Antonio and spend a little time with us and, and talk about SharePoint for a while. So I think that's, that's where it all started professionally. Yeah. Oh, I totally remember those first sessions, right? Because you had kind of, you'd went to Rackspace, you'd started to design this product offering for them and you, 
that was kind of what you said. It's like, hey, here's what we want to do. Poke holes in it. And so I, being me, I'm very opinionated. I attacked. What? What? Shane's opinionated? Shocking. Shocking it is. But you had the business at the time. SharePoint 911 was the name of the business. Uh, and it grew up out of, you know, what you saw and need. And that's one of the things, you know, this is all part of our founder series here on Cloud Talk. And, uh, and so I thought it would be interesting to bring you in and have a conversation around the businesses because there are multiple ones that you've started or been involved with over the past 20-ish years or however long it's been that oh. you've been doing this. So so take us back to those early days. You're, you're a computer consultant, but you realize there's a technology that needs some help. Take us through that. Yeah. Well, so if you back up just slightly before SharePoint 911, I was a corporate guy and a buddy of mine saw this vision that, hey, the world's going to want to collaborate. They're going to want this, this ability to have portals and share data and all this. And it's going to be SharePoint. I'm like, I have no idea what that is. He said, well, my boss told me to hire you and I can pay you this. And I said, I can go work for you. You're in. You're in. So yeah, I got to that consulting company and it turns out that they had no idea what SharePoint was. I mean, we're talking really early in the life cycle of SharePoint and they couldn't sell it. So I didn't have a lot to do. Uh-huh. Um, but so what I ended up doing was I got started getting involved in the community, which has always kind of been that way of driving in and doing what I wanted. And so in the community, um, I got into the forums or back then it wasn't forums, it was news groups. I <laughs> believe that. Oh, oh Wow. And I would respond to people would post questions. How do I install SharePoint? I'd be like, here you go. And I just answered people's questions for free for hours on end because it was my way of learning. I always found it was easier to learn by doing mm-hmm. it. I didn't have my own problems to solve, so I solved other people's problems. Got it. Um, fast forward a little bit. And one time this lady from New Jersey named Diane said, hey, can I just pay you to do this for me? Mm, why, why not? <laughs> I, I, why not? I think you can. And that was what happened. I realized that this willingness, because, you know, if, to work with a consulting company I was with, you know, she'd had to sign a hundred hour contract, go through this process. Like it was a whole thing. She just wanted 30 minutes of my help to fall, fix this one problem. And she's willing to pay for it. So that was kind of what was the genesis of this 911 model. SharePoint 911 was it, that it, that was it. It was SharePoint help now, right? Just right. I will get on with you. I will screen share. I will fix this for you. And then you never have to talk to me again. Right. Which is really everyone's goal. But some of us get to hang around with you for a while. Um, but I think it's super interesting because when you, those of you who know SharePoint or don't, you know, there's the whole, how do I create a solution inside of SharePoint? But there's also, how do I make the application, the server application thing run, which is a collection of, especially at the time, hodgepodge technology together by Microsoft. Um, and it took some expertise. Now, when it ran, it ran well until yep. you added a service pack, you looked at the <laughs> server the wrong way, the barometer went down. But when it would, you would have these issues, these are things you didn't mess with for a while. And it was hard. And so that's that's where you gravitated. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting because to do, you know, SharePoint, there was two people coming into it, right? There was either developers, they wanted to write code and customize it and do whatever developers do. I don't know, sit in their mom's basements. And then there was uh, us IT pros that came at it and we had to do, you know, the SQL server, the Windows server, IIS, authentication, all of this infrastructure stuff to make SharePoint work. And so right. while the people come into the space, there was, you know, for every developer that came, there, were, there was a tenth of a infrastructure person. So it was this huge gaping void of there wasn't a voice right. of the infrastructure side. 
I filled the void. So, so you filled the void. So how long did you work for that consulting company before enough Dianes came along and, and you realized, you know, I could just sit by my phone with my computer and a credit card machine and build a business? Um, it wasn't, it wasn't very long. Um, and so, because one of the things I didn't want to do is like create this conflict of me having, you know, two jobs. So yeah. I basically did the math and I said, Hey, if I make, uh, you know, if I can do, I forget what it was at the time, but it was like 10 hours, right? If I can bill 10 hours in a month, that's enough money to pay my, my, my mortgage and feed my dog. If I work 11 hours in a month, I get to eat, right? And I just kind of did the math from that. This was that really just scroungy, you know, I had no money. I was, I was, I wouldn't, I, I was fine. I was comfortable, but I did not have any like built up reserves. It was just kind of a, a gamble on myself that I could find a way to bill 11 hours so I could eat every month and hope that it would do something from there. Which is incredible to think that it would only take 11 hours. Uh, of course, a single dude and a dog, 11 hours goes a long way. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the dog was, he wasn't a big eater, you know, Chewy, the current dog, he eats way too much. So he would have been 12 or 13 hours. It's over 13 hours. That's awesome. So that goes on. Uh, you, 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 you provide this service for folks and, um, you have more work than 11 hours. You know, you're now at 40 hours. You're not 50 hours. You're not 60 hours. Writing on the wall says you need somebody else to help with this sort of thing. So you start to add people. Now, this is um, something I think it's super interesting for uh, uh, to understand is there's a difference between having an idea and going and seeking funds. And there's a difference between seeing that there's an idea or an opportunity and just starting to do it and then let it grow organically. And that's sort of been your pattern. Um did, did you purpose to do this or did you just not have – what was the process there? Uh, well, so I did not grow up with any type of business background. So I didn't know what I was doing in the beginning, quite frankly. Um, I, I mean, I went to business school, but that doesn't teach you anything. <laughs> um, but no, I just like never even thought – I like I didn't even know there was a world where I could go find somebody to give me a million dollars so I could buy, hire five people and go, you know, go fast, right? I didn't even right. know that was an option. And then when I finally found out it was an option, I was like, how irresponsible would that be to like take a loan to hire people to hope I make enough money to pay those people? So from the beginning, I've always just been like, hey, you know, I grow the business to here. Okay, now I can afford to hire the next person. And as soon as me and that person make enough money, I can afford to hire another one. And to this day, that's still the mantra that I believe in the most is this small business mentality of you fund everything yourself. You, you make the money. If you want to be able to do X or Y, then you need to find a way to make the money to do X or Y, not go borrow the money. Right. Uh, how fiscally responsible of you, Shane. So, so, so this then, you know, over the course of a couple of years of you um, building the business, hiring in the right talent, of course, that is key to growing any business, not only seeing the opportunity, but as people come in, people who are the best in the industry to do what they do. And so you delighted customers, the business grows. Um, you've, you know, the, now our stories start to merge just a little bit because I go to uh, Rackspace to build out this SharePoint offering. I have ideas and it's like, I need to pay Shane to come in and tell me where it's wrong, which Shane does well. But he also pointed out, you pointed out where, where it was right. And that was, you know, people, you're solving problems as they occur. Out in the world. But you sat down and you said, look, you have the smartest Windows and SQL people in the world. Sit them in a room, sit 10 of them in a room that all they do is solve the hardest SharePoint problems all day long. And you're going to make people happy. And we did make people happy. Yeah. I mean, and that was that was the genius of your thing, right? Was you could do, 
you could be me at scale. And, and not only could you be me at scale, but because of the way that Rackspace worked, you were able to engage with customers to build a lot of that infrastructure, like come in. Yeah. So, so these customers didn't build something on you know, uh, wobbly legs and you had to fix it. A lot of times you guys built it from the ground up for them and it was yeah. perfect and rock solid. And that was so refreshing. And that, that was <laughs> the beauty of your vision was this idea that you're like, hey, instead of building this thing like crap and fixing it, we're going to concentrate on building it perfect and then managing yeah. it perfect. And then we don't have to go solve fires all the time. We don't have to be 911 was what your, your model was. Right. And we were also focused very much on just the infrastructure. We mentioned earlier, there's so much you can do inside of the application and workflows and forms and blah, 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 blah. Uh, but for us, I kind of didn't care what ran there. We just would make the infrastructure run right. In fact, the tagline was, we'll make your SharePoint run better than it could run anywhere else in the world. Now, some of our people may be listening going, but the cloud. Folks, this was back in 2008, 2009, 2010. There was no cloud that would do this uh, and no cloud that anybody really trusted. I mean, Netflix could go get built at this point, but yeah, we're going to drop their corporate data uh, for their SharePoint environment in an AWS cloud at the time now a lot's changed. But uh, but the model at this point was organizations that wanted to do this at scale had to have their own dedicated infrastructure to make it happen. But as that business grew, and I mentioned we had delighted a ton of customers, you started to get mad at me. Well, I, don't I, like it when she, I don't like it when Shane gets mad at me because you, you kept it coming up to me because what I was doing was we only focused on the infrastructure and I kept calling you on the phone or our people would call you on the phone and say, Shane, these people want workflows. These people want design. These, and, you, and eventually you called me and you said, stop giving me your money. Yeah. And you said, why don't you do this? And I said, I have a better idea. Why don't we do this together? Yeah. And that was the challenge, right? It was, I, I, it drove me crazy because I saw the opportunity that was in front of you. You know, you had yeah. all of these people coming to with Greenfield, like, hey, Jeff, we want to stand up SharePoint. So you stood them up perfect SharePoint. And they said, now, Jeff, we want to build it out so our users can use it. And you're like, nah. And I was like, <laughs> Jeff, you have got this, right? You are you are turning away tens of millions of dollars a year because you just – it, but it wasn't your core competency. It wasn't a thing that you right. could have done at the same level that you were doing the infrastructure side of it. Right. So end of the story of how you build a SharePoint business to, to now there's an opportunity for Shane who owns a company. Because we went knocking on your door and we said, I hear you, but I don't want to do it alone. You seem to have some skills and a vision and some people. Maybe you should come over. Did you build SharePoint 911 thinking, I think I'd like to sell this business? Nope. I built SharePoint 911, like we said, to feed my dog. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so at that point when you reached out, we'd gotten to about 20 people, all slow organic growth. And, you know, we did the infrastructure side, but what it turned out, you already kind of cheated and told everyone, it's it was that demand for other projects. It was, hey, yeah. make this thing not look like SharePoint. Build us an information architecture, build us a governance plan. And so we got really good at those pieces. And when you said, hey, you should come do this with us, I was like, I kind of like these people. I mean, I wasn't looking to sell. We had never built to sell. But you uh, you asked the right question and the right time. Yeah, it worked out. It was uh, good fun. So you come over, Rackspace ultimately acquires your company. You bring it in. Uh, we build out this stuff. We had a, a lot of great momentum. Um, now, it was around this time. We already threw you know some happy rocks at AWS and, and Microsoft's growth in, in what became from BPOS to Office 365. You know, the cloud became more of a thing. Rackspace's uh, focus in that area started to change just a little um, and the market was absolutely shifting. So at some point you leave, you left Rackspace, um, you were coached elsewhere. <laughs> and uh, 
Another thing we have in common. We won't go yeah. into that right well, now. And, and, you know, and so one of the reasons for I, I was coached elsewhere was, uh, you know, I, I've always been an entrepreneur, right? That's what made me do what I did so well with, Power, with SharePoint 911. And so as I did that, though, when I got to the corporate world, man, if you said something dumb on a video call, I would roll my eyes at you, right? And Jeff would just die because Jeff is a very professional, wonderful human being who will just sit there politely. But man, if, if you said something dumb, I roll my eyes. If you, if you kept going, I would raise my hand and be like, this is a stupid idea. That doesn't work well in the corporate world. It's part of my problem. A little bit of a problem. And you were in a remote office and most of Rackspace at the time. Now we've all learned how to have a, a video call and do things remote. But at the time, and I still take your lessons to heart and talk about them, and that is you would sit in your conference room that Rackspace built for you or in your, your office at the home office, in a conf- uh, videoed in to people and you're on the wall, but everybody had their back turned to you. And they wouldn't talk to you first or even at all. And to get involved in those conversations was was hard. It's still hard. But it, it, it is still hard. And it's interesting though, you know, so it's one of the things we didn't talk about as I grew to those 20 people. We never had an office, right? I never went and rented office space. We used the basement here in my house. We had some people kind of come in and out of here. But one of the things that I embraced way back in 2007, probably before that, was I hired the best in the country at this skill or that skill, you know, in the case of SharePoint skills, but I hired them from wherever they lived. I didn't care where they lived. And I learned to run a remote business 15 years ago. And so to that end, you know, we had 20, we had six Microsoft MVPs. We had 23 books written between everyone on the team. Like I just went and got the smartest people in the space. And because I didn't have the constraint of thou must sit beside me in a cubicle, it was really an advantage for us way back then. And, Clearly today, it's now becoming more normal. Right. And it'll be interesting to see how much of this um, sticks around, how much of these lessons we've learned in six months or by the time anybody goes back to an office, nine months or 10 months or whoever, how much will we remember? Hopefully, we'll never go back. (laughs) Hopefully. That'd be my goal. All right. So you've left Rackspace, Mr. Founder, but, you know, uh, had an idea, built a business, multi-million dollar business and sold it and now has left the company that that bought it. Um, what do you do to fill your time? Where do you, what, what happens? Well, I tried to take up golf. I'm, I'm not very good at golf though. Um, but really what happened, and, and this is, you know, in hindsight, it's a lot easier to explain than it was at the time, but Power <laughs> SharePoint 911 was a... Um, a small business, right? We were self-funded. We grew. When the economy crashed in 2009, we were fine because I wasn't leveraged in any way. We never borrowed any money. So we kept the business running. We didn't fire anyone. So that was a small business. Yeah. So then we got out, you know, because I'm uh, kind of hanging out. I met some people I used to know and they're like, hey, we're doing this whole VC thing, this venture capital. You know, we're working with startups and we got all these seed funds and all this Oh, something I don't know anything about. Let's go learn. So I got involved with startups. Startups are the polar opposites of small businesses. I have to explain this to people that look to join our company all the time, right? Startups, they go out and they borrow a bunch of money or get a bunch of money or steal a bunch of money. I don't know, but they go and convince people to give them thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, tens of millions of dollars. Uber gets billions, whatever. They, They go get a bunch of money from someone else. And then once they got all this money, they try to build a business around it to get to – a lot of times it's even just like a revenue neutral, right? They're not neutral. trying to you know, get yeah, that. 
Yeah, you ever listen to you know the shows, the pitch or the, that podcast or other even Shark Tank? How many years is it going to take you to get to neutral? And, neutral. And so we, I spent about a year and a half in that space, and it was interesting. It was very educational. I, you know, I, 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 I left some money. I, I spent some money to get that education. How about that? Um, but you know, I, I went. I, I worked on a couple startups. I invested in a few different startups. And what I really found out was that I don't like startups. <laughs> I just, I just could never get my head wrapped around, you know. So I, I helped one guy, you know. I took on some equity stake and like was actually like co-running it with him. And ninety percent of our effort was spent around raising more money. It wasn't about building really? the product. It wasn't about making the product better. It was. Raising more money. Oh, we're to raise more money. You guys need to go change your marketing message to talk to this group because that's the group that the investors want to see you talking to. So we go, you know, spend a bunch of time on the website to make it, you know, pointed at this target audience. So then when we pitched it to this investor, he'd be like, oh, yeah, I like talking to those people. You talk to those people. Let's give you money. It was so dumb. It doesn't make sense. Um, you can see where there, are, where there are scenarios where it maybe makes sense. I'm going to make a new medical device. I'm going to go build a thing and then he's get manufactured in China. But by and large, I mean, why? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, especially, I mean, because all the ones, not all, 80% of the ones I looked at were uh, technology driven. So, you know, website to do this, you know, new app to do that. Um, and, you know, we did, we had a few come through that were things like medical devices and stuff, but it turns out with those, 12 people are building the same medical device at any given time. And it's just yeah. going to be about who greases the right palms to get through the FDA approval process first. Right. So you're, it's not even about the the tech, the medical piece of equipment. It's really about you know who can get through the system. You're betting on the horse. Can they get enough money and the right trials and all right everything to line up so they get the FDA approval? That, that's what you're really playing for there. So Shane learns he doesn't like startups. Shane knows he's done well in a small business. Shane sees an opportunity. Dun, dun, dun. Da, da, yes. da. So Shane, Shane tried, um, like, all right, cool. I'm done with that. I can't, I can't handle those people anymore. So yeah, I said, hey, I want to get back into tech. And it turns out that since about the time I was 21, I speak Microsoft. Like if there's mm -hmm. four ways to do something, me and Microsoft will pick the same way to do that. So it's always made it really fast for me to uptick on their new software because I can just click on it. I'm like, oh, I would put the settings thing right here. Oh, look, there it is. Because I just there it think is. like they do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I found out about this thing called uh, Power Apps. And I actually found, I, I found it and I played with it, right? So it was part of Office 365. This idea that I, me, the non-developer, I've never written a line of C-sharp code in my life, could build an app to do something. Hmm. I was like, this, this is interesting. Yeah. Um, and so I played with it a little bit. And then on a whim, I went to Tech Ed. I don't know the year. I should write this down. But whatever year I went to this Tech Ed, I ran into an old friend of mine from the SharePoint space, um, Richard Riley. So he was do he was someone I'd co-authored a SharePoint book with. He kind of owned SharePoint Search at one point. And you know, he then grew up into a, a more of a leadership role there. But I hadn't seen him in five years at that point. Okay. And I'm like, hey Richard, what are you up to? And he told me that he had just signed on to be part of the Power Apps world. I'm like, you know what? Cool. I'm bored. I'm going to do Power Apps. That, that was literally like the trigger point, which is Richard said he was doing it. I'm like, 
All right. Okay. Looks like fun. And so I did. I, I, cause at that point I was really, I had dabbled in Azure. I had dabbled in, um, PowerShell. I'd done a lot in PowerShell, honestly. Yeah, I remember. But with PowerShell, it turns out there's no money to be made there. No, no one is willing to pay you to write their PowerShell. It's very annoying. Right. Um, but you did develop a few skills in the PowerShell days. Oh, I did, didn't I? You and, did. And the primary skill I developed was I found out about this thing called YouTube. Oh, the, the, the video place where you go watch you know, funny bloopers. Yeah, it, it turns out that while old people like you and I only watch YouTube videos that are funny cats doing things, there's a very large segment of the population that anytime they have a question in life, any question, they go type it in the YouTube search engine. So much so that YouTube is actually the number two search engine in the world. Incredible. It, it really is. So if you can get out there, you know, I was like, all right, well, cool. So I started making some videos and my early videos are really bad. Like er, the, the content is good, right? I've been a trainer yeah. since 2003, but yeah. the content is good, but my, the production quality was terrible. But I put some videos out there and I, I put a little SEO thought into kind of like, you know, giving these things good titles and keep good tagging. All of a sudden I have a YouTube video that has over 1 million views on intro to PowerShell, right? Incredible. You know, there, there's these guys like uh, Don, uh, I can't think of his name at the moment. Uh, there's a couple of guys that are like considered the godfathers of PowerShell. If you search for PowerShell, my video is number one, which makes everyone angry. But the other, was, the other thing Shane does best is make people angry Oh, because yeah. you do things better. Shane's good at making people angry. Uh, but yeah, so what I found out was that YouTube was a viable source to get eyeballs. And not only could you, if you had, so there's one way to make money on YouTube, right? Everyone knows about, oh, if, you, if Shane has a video with a million views, he must be loaded. That is terrible, right? We do make ad revenue. You can make ad revenue, but but you're not uh, you're not feeding the dog on the ad revenue for the average person. No, not with a dog like Chewy. <laughs> no. By the way, we really, he's over your shoulder, but let's just make that a little bit bigger. Oh, Chewy. Chewy. And he's, he's laying right there. He's really mad at me right now. Um, but so- but what I realized was if I wanted to make money at YouTube, I needed something else to sell. And so what I did was I was like, all right, well, why not? Because I love to make tech videos, have a consulting video to solve the tech problems that you're clearly trying to solve by watching my videos. Oh, it was insane. Um, so, yeah, so that was what happened. You know, the PowerShell days kind of got me going. When I right. jumped into Power Apps, there was literally no one in the space. There were no humans. No one knew what Power Apps was, basically. Right. Um, so I started pumping out content, you know, intro to Power Apps, building your first this, building first that. And I got all of this content out there and seeded before anyone else even showed up to the party. Turns out I guessed right. Richard, well, I should say I followed Richard correctly. Richard guessed right. Richard, uh, you know, Power Apps and the Power Platform now grows at, exponential rates that I'm not allowed to point, but, but they're pretty much vertical and they have been for years. Incredible. Um, and so all of a sudden, you know, I was in the right place at the right time with this YouTube content. And one of the things people ask, you know, they asked in the old days, they ask now, what do you do for marketing? I just make YouTube videos. We don't buy ads. We don't pay for this or that. We just put good quality YouTube content out there. Lots of people watch it. And just a small percentage of those people say, that's really neat. Will you just build this for me? Yes, we will. 
Yes, you will. Interesting. So at its heart, you're solving the same problem. You have people who need to solve a problem inside of their organization or in a specific technology. Just not SharePoint anymore. It's really an evolution of SharePoint, if we're all going to be honest. And it's now uh, it's now Power Apps. And you built a little company around that. You keep stumbling and attempting to say it this entire recording. Uh, what is the name of your new company, Shane? Ah, so the, yeah, this is very difficult for me. So it used to be SharePoint 911. Rackspace is now the proud owner of that. Uh, but now Power Apps 911, me and Chewy are the proud owners of that one. So Power Apps nice. 911. And so, go ahead. Oh, and it's funny. In the pre-call, you kind of, you know, alluded to like, you know, why did I end up naming this? It, and it wasn't on purpose, believe it or not. Um, mm. We started the Power App stuff under the brand Bold Zebras, which is a whole yep. other story. I don't know if you want to get into or not, but um, with at some point though, I'd reached out. I'd started to make friends on the product team. I was kind of getting to be known like inside of Microsoft for the Power App yeah. stuff I was making. And um, I described to them what our business did. Like I just wrote it out and I'm like, it's kind of like SharePoint 911 was. And then like in the email to them, that's literally like dot, dot, dot. I think I'm going to change the name of the company to Power App. Like, like that was the trigger point was just articulating it out to them what I was doing. Right. The, the light bulb came on. I'm like, why wouldn't I just go back to this Power Apps 911? Because the crazy thing that we do that no one else is willing to do is I will get on with you for half an hour and fix your broken app. We'll do a whole project. We'll do a whole training class. We'll do all these other things. But at the end of the day, a lot of people just love this idea that I don't want to do it all for you. I can just come mentor you through this one little piece, solve this one emergency, and then you can get back to watching YouTube videos to learn how to do the rest yourself. Incredible. So, but is it just, it's not just you anymore though. I mean, it's sort of grown over the past little bit. And how long has it been Power Apps 911? By the way, two questions. Um, how long has it been Power Apps 911? I, you should have told me you're going to ask that. Can I have to go look it up? Um, just I, two to three years. Um, okay. So it's and been how, a, how many people? We have 14 people all of a sudden. So our growth rate, right? Speaking of exponential growth compared to, you know, three years into SharePoint 911, I think we had four people, maybe five. Um, yeah. the Power Apps business is just growing much faster because of that growth we talked about. And, yeah. um, I mean, the other thing that helps, we'll be honest, is, you know, I we've done this before. So this time around, we understand a little bit more around getting our lives in order. You know, we we, we didn't have to guess about a platform. We, we knew to jump into QuickBooks, you know, on literally day one of the business. We yeah. we hired a, um, they're called a PPE. Or no, they're not called PPEs. That's something else. Um, anyway, there's these companies now where we can get benefits and they kind of are our HR. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I can't think of, it's, it's real close to PPE. It's something like that. Right. Um, but so we hired one of those to run that. And so we set ourselves up to scale this time earlier instead of last time, like I literally ran power, I literally ran SharePoint 911 for about a year before I got any professional help and accounting help. And so then it cost me tens of thousands of dollars to get everything fixed. To, to unwind all of that, all of yeah. your year one, no business school. Well, you had business school, but they didn't, like you said, they didn't teach you anything. <laughs> um, and that's, you know, the growth is is killer. So when when I called Shane and we had this chat about a month ago around, yeah, maybe we do a podcast. Uh, you were just about to hire your 10th person. Yeah, and it just- It's in my notes. Yeah. It's growing like crazy. And it's just, it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. And, and we honestly, uh, before, right before we hopped on here, we were talking about someone else we interviewed this week. Um, 
and and this is back to that whole small business versus startup mentality, right? I I I am positive that there's people that are listening to this right now saying, why don't you go borrow five million dollars and add fifty people, right? Yeah, I will bet you a dollar that I could do that and that I could make them profitable and I could make you know this a hundred million dollar business in a very short order. But yeah. that's not who we are, right? I don't want to go be leveraged. I don't want if the economy crashes, I have to fire those 50 people. Right. And so I won't do that. But it, if you were ever going to do that, the, the writing is on the wall right now that I could, uh, that you could successfully right. do something like that. Uh, so, you know, starting a business, running a business, not for the faint of heart. You've already talked about how you've had to, you know, do the business side of things. You've got to do the work side of things. Uh, you got to feed the dog at some point. Um, and doing this over and over again, challenging. So, so how do you find the time to be the golfer? I know you're a dad, you're a husband, you've got a business. Uh, this is a lot of stuff. How do you balance it? You know, I wish I could tell you who to attribute this quote to, but I stole this from someone a long time ago. Basically in life, there's three things, right? There is being good to yourself, there's being good to your family, and there's being good in your job. Basically, you have to pick two of those three things, and that's really what happens, right? You can be exceptional at two of those three things. Some people argue you can do more. You can be Superman, not sleep, blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, you pick, one of the, you pick two of those three. Okay. And so for me, it's, it's family, right? I've got two kids that are at a very active age. They both play lots of sports. Like I'm going to leave work early today to go watch one of them practice. I mean, I, just, I like yeah. being involved with my children with that stuff. So they're number one. Number two, those kids and that fat dog right there, they like to eat. So that's number two, right, is I, I work a lot. Um, you know, I, we talk about the YouTube stuff. So I have, I don't know, a couple hundred videos. I've got like 6.7 million views. You know, but where that comes from is on Sunday morning when, you know, most people got up, had their coffee, read the newspaper, watched some TV, whatever, right? I spent three or four hours before my kid's soccer game making my next video so I could launch it on Monday morning. And we know we have a training business that now is tied into those videos as well, because once again, the secret to success on YouTube is have something else to sell. And so, so, you know, I sacrificed, right? I, I didn't have a peaceful Sunday morning of, you know, watching the, the, the ball game or whatever. I, I, I worked and you worked. And so to that end, I gave up on, I gave up on me, right? I gave up my golf membership. I, I, I don't have any friends. I, I may have friends. Like I consider you one of my good friends actually, but I don't have Yay, like, too. friends that like I go to the bar with on a, on a Wednesday night and just sit there and drink um, or right. I didn't drink. It didn't have yet. I, do, I just don't, I don't hang out with people. Right. Um, I, so it's family, it's business. And then the and best, that's everything. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. Well, I'm really grateful that um, we were able to connect because it's been a little bit since we've chatted. Um, and thank you for taking some time with us today. It sounds like uh, the power-ups business is growing strong. I think I have one last question. Uh-oh. Is power-ups 911 for sale? Is this being built for sale? Ah, that, that's a fun question. So the, the short answer is no. Um, but the real answer is is, you know, Basically, anything is for sale, right? So this is the whole idea that, um, you know, if somebody showed up tomorrow and said, hey, Shane, we'll give you $100 million for Power Apps 911, let's do it. Right? No, no question yeah. asked. We're out. Right. 
Um, you know, if somebody showed up tomorrow with a much lesser number, I would have the conversation with them. Um, and then that's where we would look for things like, you know, does this make sense from a business standpoint, from a you yeah. know, financial standpoint, but also like a cultural fit. So one of the real reasons that we went to um, Rackspace back in the day was there was a one-for-one -one culture fit, right? You guys were yeah. fanatical and I... I, I upset Lanham a little bit and I was like, I think we're more fanatical than you guys are. I, I don't think that went over well, but, uh, but I, I really felt like that was, it was the right thing for my people at that point. And so, so we did it. Awesome. Um, so I don't know. I, w would I sell tomorrow? Sure. But it, it, well, it's a number that the business is not worth because I yeah. see the trajectory of what the business is worth very quickly. Well, and I think your point is made well, and that is this isn't a company that was founded with the sole purpose of an exit. This is a company that was founded about serving people, uh, finding an untapped market, and becoming the best in the world at it. If that has value to someone later on, sounds like you'd have that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's also because sometimes you hear people refer to lifestyle businesses, right? And I, yeah. I, I think that's an interesting concept. And so those are like more, you know, hey, I just make a little bit of money. I don't need it. But for us, there is a lifestyle concept to this as well, right? Like I just told you, I'm going to leave early to go watch my kid practice, right? My yeah. consultants, if you've ever worked at a real consulting company, you know, it's basically you bill 40 hours a week or you get yelled at on Monday, right? That's, that is the mantra. That is not yeah. how it works here at Power Apps 911, right? Everyone's got a, an idea of where they need to be. I don't care when they do those hours, as long as their customers are happy, as long as they are producing enough to, you know, make the math work, I go enjoy yourself. It's a nice fall yeah. day today. It was 55 this morning here. It was, it was wonderful. Go, go take a long walk. It's, and so that's another big component for us. It's not just the culture, but there is a lifestyle piece to it. So I, yeah. sorry, I'm rambling. Oh, it's good stuff. Um, but we are about out of time. So Shane, again, I want to thank you for, for being on this today. Uh, how do people find you? Where's the website? I'm assuming sure. Uh, sure point. Uh, powerups 911com www.powerapps911.com. That's our consulting business. We also have training.powerapps911.com. If you want to get, there's a free class out there. That's like three hours of like awesome content. Or then there's of course, some more advanced courses. And then just go to YouTube. I can't stress enough if you're like trying to, if you're curious about this stuff, just go to YouTube and type in Power Apps or Power Automate or Power BI, whatever you're interested in. Check out what all these kids know these days that the that second search engine is pretty good at helping you figure out how to do things. Fantastic. All right, everybody. This uh, is going to be the end for, for this, this week's episode and the first episode that we recorded video on. It will be over on Shane's YouTube channel at some point. So if you want to watch it, head over there. For everyone else, hope you have a great day and we'll talk to you soon. This has been Cloud Talk. You can find Cloud Talk wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And be sure to check out more content from Rackspace Solve at solve.rackspace.com. I love the conversation around the differences between startups and small businesses. Congratulations to Shane and the team for the growth with PowerApps 911. Now, PowerApps, of course, is key to Microsoft's low-code, no-code development strategy. And this whole topic and a few others are covered in a new ebook that we just produced over here at Rackspace. Just head over to solve.rackspace.com to download your free copy of our latest tech training.
Friends ebook. Now, as we've gone through the Founders series, the common theme of team building has come up along the way. Well, in next week's episode, I have a fantastic conversation with Kathy Kirsten, who has built a business around helping individuals better understand their own unique strengths and how that helps their teams perform to their highest potential. Here's a quick preview. I buy into that Graham Weston, Fred Reichel quote, an engaged employee wants to be a valued member of a winning team on an inspiring mission. If I break that down, valued member to me means that my teammates know my strengths. My teammates leverage me for my strengths. And when I come to work every day, I get work on my plate that allows me to feel like I'm valuable. That's a really important aspect of team utopia. And that's next time on Cloud Talk.